What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the A to D podcast. I am David Hain, and this is our seventh episode, and it is the second part of our interview with Danny Cosby. I've included his contact details in the notes so that you can check out his music and his work at your leisure. And without further ado, I'd like to jump right into today's interview with Danny Cosby. Why do you think people that are committed to recovery relapse? Man, that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. The uh, I'd have to say there's, there's a million things that we could say about that, but all I can speak from and the only thing I ever want to speak want from is from what's worked for me. I'm not one of these guys, no offense to the guys that are like, well, you know, the book says this, the textbook says this, so it's got to work because the percentage says this, which is why I love what you do because, I mean, here you are, you left corporate America to help addicts and now you're going back and forth to Africa to help people in prison. It's like, you know, you, you speak from experience, but I'd have to say a few things. Number one, I'd say is a lack of community. Mm-hmm. I really think, I think dudes need to, uh, dudes and dudettes need people around them that are healthy for them, that believe in them. Uh, I've, I've heard it said, and I believe it's true that, um, addiction, uh, for lack of better ways of describing, it's really a person who has uh, gotten alone and uh, they, they found comfort in that aloneness and, and all and that's room for all hell to break loose, especially if you have a proclivity towards addiction. Um, I'd say I'd, and also say these guys never took time to deal with their own personal root issue or their heart wound. They just said, well, you know what, man, I've got I've been and I've been out a week or I've been clean a week. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to be a sponsor. No, you're not. Uh, and no offense. But but, you know, you need to do the hard work of digging down into that wound. And um, for me, knowing I, I, I knew that it took it was going to it took the Lord four years in prison to finally get me kind of sorted to a place to where I was ready to do something. Uh, I'd say another reason guys go back to either addiction or prison uh, is, is no accountability partners or sponsor. You need somebody that can ask you the hard questions. A lot of guys are just li- like I was, just a loner, like, hey, I got this. I'm good. I don't need nobody to ask me questions. And finally, I'd say uh, the thing that comes to mind is uh, they don't have any healthy options built into their life for the bad days like uh jogging and exercise and painting and writing songs or you know it's just hey man i had a bad day today i'm gonna go buy some jack daniels hey i had a bad day today i'm gonna break out that bottle of oxycontin and just see what happens so you gotta have some healthy options built in uh, or you'll go you know it's uh, the the bible i don't mean to quote the bible but the bible says that uh Evil is crouching down at the door, waiting for an opportunity to pounce for you. That on you. That doesn't mean we got to be afraid, but I think it means that we need to be aware that uh, the enemy of our sobriety is not wanting to hurt us; he's wanting to kill us. Yes, yes. And you mentioned a couple of comforters there. You mentioned the people who find comfort in being alone. You mentioned Oxycontin and Jack Daniels. 
And I remember clearly the first time that, that we met and you caught a hold of that uh, concept of the counterfeit comforter. Mm. And, you know, would you like to just explain in your words how you share with guys about the counterfeit comforter as you introduce them to the real comforter? Yeah, man, I probably owe you like $5,000 for how many times I've used that in different facilities over the years. Uh, that's like was my favorite part of what you brought to us in Memphis so many years ago. I mean, you talked about so many good things, uh, but that one uh, stuck on me and it's never let go. And, I, and, and it's only infused itself into my brain and heart even more as the time's gone by. But anyway, uh, for me, what, what the counterfeit comfort for anybody listening going what are you talking about um you know there there are things that comfort us uh you know that it might be that website uh with the pornography on it it might be the uh vodka it might be the uh oxycontin the marijuana whatever it is that kind of numbs that pain and helps you to forget about it for a little while even though you know tomorrow morning it's going to be back at your bedside waiting on you to wake up again. But, and then a lot of people say, well, you know, so we need to, we, we need to get them off of that. We need to help them get off of that. Well, yeah, you're right. But you know what? That stuff's doing what it's supposed to do right now. And I like what you said uh, to the guys when we went to that um, halfway house, you said, you know, you kind of mentioned Southern comfort, you know, to drive home the idea of that comfort and, and, it, and counterfeit meaning it's fake, it's false. And so what's the flip side of the pancake then for anybody listening to me go on and on about this comfort, real comfort, capital C comfort. And uh, my apologies to anybody that gets offended at a religious standpoint of perspective. But uh, at the same time, I make no apologies for my faith, uh, nor should you make any apologies for what you believe. But Jesus uh, in the gospel of John mentioned he, the Holy Spirit, uh, and he said, I'm going to send a comforter that will comfort you. Now, check this out. Here's the cool part about that. If Judas, who betrayed Jesus in the end, was at the table and it said in the in the go, go to John and read it. It says that the devil entered Judas. So I'm under the impression I'm persuaded that Satan was at the Last Supper. Knock me out if you want to for saying that, but being blasphemous. But I, I think he was there. And I think the devil heard Jesus say, comforter. And at that moment, I think Satan said, oh, I can come up with some comforts. I got you on that one. And so I think from that point till today in 2020, the enemy's plan has been to create as many optional comforts as he could to the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now, somebody might say, well, Danny, I, I've, I have got prison guys in prison all the time say, man, I would believe in this God you're talking about if I could just see him. And then I take them to, um, I want to say it's in John. Uh, anyway, it's Jesus is there with Thomas, right? Mm -hmm. And Thomas that we all know is doubting Thomas, but we shouldn't be so hard on him. We're, we're all doubters as well. I am every day. That's the truth. Um, but Thomas is going, man, if I could see him, I would believe that he rose from the dead. But I don't see him. So forget what y'all are talking about. That's Danny's translation. And long story short, Jesus shows up, right? 
And uh, Thomas falls down on his face and he starts worshiping the Lord. And Jesus is like, hey, touch my hand, touch my side, believe, believe. And so Thomas goes, I believe. But then here, here it is, y'all. If you missed everything, catch this. When it comes to this believing in the Holy Spirit who can comfort you beyond whatever you want to fill the blank in with that you're using to comfort you. And don't feel bad about it. We're all, we all are there. I slip back into stuff all the time if I'm not careful. My performance, my ability to come up with the right answer. And I'm, and I'm an idiot without Jesus. But anyway, uh, Jesus looks at Thomas and he says these words. Imagine him looking at you. He says, you believe me because you see me. And here it is. He says, but blessed are all of those who have not seen and yet believe. Mm. Amen. And, and a lot of us feel that we need to see and, and also need to feel. You know, one of the struggles people go through, we're talking about a, a comforter and a counterfeit comforter, is the, the tangibility of the instant sensations we can get from the counterfeit comforter. Yeah. And eventually if we're, we keep using that same counterfeit comforter over and over again, if it's porn or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, then that becomes our normal. That becomes our comfort zone. And we actually are uncomfortable unless we have our high. We're uncomfortable going to bed unless we have our wake up and know that we're gonna be able to get our comforter in the morning. And there's a, a YouTuber named Russell Brunson who said comfort zones are where dreams go to die. Wow. I mean, think of the impact of that, that that Satan is bringing these counterfeit comforters into our life. And he doesn't just bring it for, you know, once and done. You know, it's, this is not a one-off experience. He, he brings it to make an addict out of us to create a new comfort zone for us. And in his comfort zones, our dreams die. We just stop dreaming and get by you know, day to day. Uh, what you just said, man, is that's it. Uh, I, I didn't realize until I came into the light and embraced the real comforter and said, look, God, if you're real, if you care about me, here I am. All these people are telling me this, that, and the other. And if you care, like they say you do, and you can do what you can do, do it. And, and, you know, and I think God, wants us to come to him and wrestle with him sometimes. You know, I mean, you, you look in the word and it says, uh, he says, though your sins be scarlet, uh, let us reason together. They'll be whiter than snow. And then in Malachi, he says, um, uh, prove me now here with. So it's like that language, in my opinion, from God is saying, hey, come on, man, let's wrestle. I know you're mad at life. I know you don't like the hand that you've been dealt right now. I know you're mad at me. I mean, heck, uh, it wasn't until I came into that light and embraced real comfort that my creativity that had become dead in me, my songwriting, my love for music, my love for writing songs, my love for performing those had died. But when I 
when I came into this thing, it wasn't like, okay, cool. I got a year. Uh, what's next? What came along with the sobriety was this uh, reminder in this light in my mind, reminding me of who I was. I'm a songwriter. Some of y'all might be counselors. Some of y'all might be the best moms in the world or whatever, but you won't know that if you keep going to the comfort zone and letting that dream and that gift die. Good word. Good word. I just want to thank you so much for, for this interview, for the wisdom you've shared with the people, for just opening up your heart and your life to the audience. But I was wondering if I could ask a big favor, if you would not bless all of us with one of your songs. Man, heck yeah, man. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to do that. Um, shoot. Um, First song I wrote when I was on Bunk 51 at 201 was called Hopeless because um, that's how I was feeling. Was, uh, come out of a homeless shelter. I'd been in a homeless shelter for a couple months and and uh, and went immediately to prison because all the stuff I'd been stealing that caught up, they had warrants out. And so here I am on Bunk 51 and got about a month and a half sobriety under my belt. I'm feeling bad because I'm in prison, but I'm, I got this sense of hope. And, and I think it was God stirring the desire to write music again. So this song's called Hopeless. Um, I hope it comes through good on the audio. Uh, and again, you can go to YouTube and type my name in and the studio version of this song's there. So I'm grateful to have all of the songs I wrote in prison recorded professionally. So just humbled, man. And thank you, David, for for what you do, man. People only knew everything that you're doing, man. I, good God, you're uh, you've helped so many people, man. And uh, and I love you and appreciate you. Thank you, love you too, man. Let's see here. Make sure I got the right ones. Hope this comes through. Here you go. Can you hear that? Yeah, sounding good. It's been a while since I've talked to you. Forgive me, Jesus. I really need you. And I know sometimes it seems only call on you when things are going bad. But I know that you're the only one that can make me glad see i was feeling kind of hopeless today thinking about the things that i'd have changed if i could change but when i close my eyes call on you everything just goes away see i was feeling kind of hopeless today but you reached out and made me okay Thank you, Jesus, for never giving up on me. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Yeah. I was blind, y'all. But now I see, yeah, yeah, 
I should have died so many times. You know the devil really had a hold of me, yeah. But it's because of your grace I'm here today. I stand before you and sing. I was feeling kind of hopeless today. Thinking about the things that I'd have changed if I could change. But when I close my eyes and call on you, everything just goes away. I'm still kind of hopeless today, but you reached down and made me okay. Hey, thank you, Jesus, for never giving up. Thank you, Jesus, for never giving up. Thank you, Jesus, for never giving up. On me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the A2D podcast with special guest Danny Cosby. Feel free to click the share button in the upper right hand corner of your screen and let your friends in on all of the wisdom and insight that Danny had to share with us. Look forward to seeing you again next week on the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast.